This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplify. Hello, hello, Amplify You. Michelle Abraham, your host here today with a behind the mic interview. Today, we are talking to Kaylee Bolver, and she is the host of Wealth and Wellness Podcast. So Kaylee, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks. I'm excited to be on. Awesome. Well, we're super excited to have you here too. And let me tell our audience a little bit more about you. So Kaylee has been in the financial industry for over 13 years, and she's a creator and the host, obviously, of the Wealth and Wellness podcast. Um, she's currently writing a nonfiction book about money designed to empower and inspire women. Women. That's awesome. So Kaylee developed her love for money at a young age, growing up in a single parent household, watching her mom struggle with finances. She realized she needed to find her own way to earn money and save money and that she wasn't going to let her circumstances define her. Kaylee's busy raising a money savvy daughter and is passionate about sharing her knowledge and supporting women in their own rules as serious earners and smart investors because no women should ever feel anxious about having enough money to support themselves, their family, and their future. And I love that Kaylee, such a great message. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I, I love it. Like I said, I'm passionate about it. Loved numbers and money from an early age. Yeah, that's awesome. So many people like that's not things they talk about in their household. And it's kind of like, you know, hush hush, or, you know, it's not something you learn till later. And I think financial literacy, oh my goodness, if we could teach our children that we're, they're just going to be so much more, um, like smarter when they get into college and university. I know my financial, um, background getting into uh, college and university where they offered you free credit cards. I was like, sign me up and $3,000 in debt later. I was like, what do you mean? I got to pay this off. <laughs> so <laughs> there was nobody there to tell me like, oh my God, you should not do that. <laughs> so, yes. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your journey to kind of the beginnings of the wealth and wellness podcast. What was your idea and your vision behind the, behind the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the podcast idea was born out of wealth and wellness events that I was doing in person. So prior to COVID, um, I guess maybe I'll back up a few years. So like I said, I was very passionate about money and finances from an early age. Like my mom tells me about when I was four years old and she asked me what I wanted to do when I grow up. And I said, I wanted to collect money. And she laughed at me and said, Kaylee, that's not a job. Like that's a bank. And well, who's laughing now, mom? Cause I'm collecting <laughs> money. Um, but then, right? <laughs> yes. But then growing up, it was, you know, I was so interested and fascinated by it. But then at the same time, you know, my mom was a single mom. Money was really a struggle. It was stress. And, and that's what I saw. And, but, you know, I did learn early on that, well, if I still wanted to get these things that I saw, you know, my friends having and, and whatnot, then I could save up for it myself. So I would 
do all the work. And, you know, I would go along with my sister to her babysitting gigs and things like that, do everything I can to save up. And in high school, I started working two jobs to buy a car and two jobs to pay for my university. And so I was doing all these things and it was really empowering to me and I loved it. And so, you know, with that love of finances, I knew that that was the career trajectory I was going down. And so um, I started straight into this industry um, right out of university and, you know, that my passion was very much helping to support women. Cause what I saw growing up is I don't want to see another woman go through what my mom went through. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the messaging I kept receiving was that women aren't interested in this. Like that was the industry was telling me, well, women really don't care. They're not interested. And I believed that because I was just so new and it was all new to me. And I was like, okay, I must be an anomaly and I just really love money. And there are apparently no other women that love money. So I was like, okay, that made me sad, but I went on with, you know, working away. And then I went on mat leave and had my daughter. And I think it was that moment of just knowing that I was going to go back to work and I was going to leave my daughter, you know, with someone else to be watching her while I was pursuing my career that I really needed to go back to that original, like what my why was and who I wanted to support. And so straight coming back from my mat leave, I, you know, really leaned into that theme of, I want to support women. I want to work with women. And I started doing, um, lunch and learns for just women. So I remember like I started, um, one, and it was just like an investing one-on-one and it was at my office and, you know, I had only invited women and I was nervous. And I, you know, cause I heard so much that, well, women don't care and they're not interested. So I was, you know, on edge, is this even going to work? And all the guys at my office are already razzing me about having a women only thing. And, um, and then, you know, it worked and they showed up and it was a big crowd. And then from that point on, I just kept doing these in-person events, um, on different wealth topics. And at the same time, I was kind of going through my own journey. Um, I was doing really well in my business, but it was like my, I was like hyper achieving, you know, go, 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 do, do, do. And I was doing my MBA and I'd finished that. And I had hit a point in my own life where I was like, well, you know, where, why am I keep, why do I think my worth is connected to what I'm doing and the end results? And, and that's where this like wealth piece came in. So I started working with a life coach and I was like, my mind was just blown. Like I was learning about meditation and, you know, things we can do for self-care. And I was reading all these books and I was just like a sponge absorbing it all. And I thought to myself, you know, if I'm liking this so much, more women need to know about this. It's like women that are just busy and and doing their own things. And, and like myself are just really, you know, wanting to achieve, achieve, achieve. And they forget this other side of things where, um, you know, we can, a wealthy life is also this balance and in coaching, you have the wheel and there's the pieces of the pie essentially. And there's, you know, there's family, there's career. And at, at the time when I started, mine was just like the whole pie was career. And I was like, well, this isn't right. Um, so, you know, I kept incorporating the wellness piece and, and how much value and growth I was experiencing in my own life. Then I wanted to share that. So then I took my you know, wealth events where it was learning about money and created wealth and wellness events. So I'd have, well, like other provide like wellness providers come in. So life coaches, nutritionists, all sorts of different, um, you know, wealth providers. And so I did those in person and it was really successful. And then of course COVID hit. And, um, I was just kind of sitting there 
waiting it out thinking I would, I guess I'd start back when we were allowed to. And, um, I remember my writing coach saying to me, well, you have to keep doing it. Like you have this audience and these women that love this. And, and so I was like, okay. So I took them online and, and then when I was doing them online, I'm like, these are great conversations. Like how can we record these and, and, share it with even more women, because then you start, yeah, realizing that it doesn't have to be women in your same city or, um, that it's, it can be a bigger audience than that. And so I was like, well, I love podcasts and I listen to them on the go. So let's make what I'm already doing into a podcast. So that's the long story right from the beginning, I guess, of, of where it all kind of came together. So it was just, it was very natural because it, it was something that was already happening in person. And it was just, well, it was a no brainer to make it into a recorded event too, where more people could access it. Yeah, absolutely. I love your, um, I just love the concept of your show because it's different than other kind of money related shows or other than different than other health related shows where you really combine the two and, and help people realize that they can't have one without the other, that they're both intertwined with each other. Have you found, um, you know, uh, I guess over the course of, it's almost been like over a year since you launched your podcast. So yeah. over the course of the first year, how has that been for you as a podcast host? Have you found like you've solidified your voice more? Have you found you've grown your audience at all? Yeah, it's been great. Like the audience keeps growing and I get the opportunity to speak at other women only events. And I always tell them about my podcast um, because there's, there's topics that come up in my business that I, I think like if people keep asking these questions, it must be that more people know, you know, have the same questions. So it's like things like, oh, you know, what's the difference between an RSP and a TFSA? I'm like, well, that's a great podcast episode then. So I don't have to keep telling the same thing over and over. And I'm like, there's a lot of details to it. So that's a full episode in itself. So it's been good because it's, you know, my existing clients, it's helpful for new people I meet along the way. And then just the wellness piece, what I love is that, like you said, like seeing how they blend, cause I'll have guests on that, you know, don't have that, the well side necessarily, like they'll be very much in their, their wellness position. But when I tell them, you know, wealth and wellness, and I think there's a link between our self-worth and net worth they like to try to find a way to just spin and see how that what they do does impact wealth and our money and that side of things too, which I just, I love that they're, you know, seeing that connection as well. Um, and us all realizing that because it's money is nothing in itself. I always say, it's just, you know, what good would like, a if I said, I'm going to make you a millionaire today, but then also said to you, you can't spend a single dollar of it then it wouldn't matter. It's, it's irrelevant, but it's more, you know, what money affords us the ability to do. And then in money, there's all this other stuff, right? There's our, our money stories and our money beliefs and our money blocks. And, and so I've gotten to just have so many amazing guests on, and I have certain guests even come back on, um, which has been awesome to even explore other topics. Cause we get done the one topic and, you know, we say, Oh, it'd be so good to talk about this now. It's something that maybe comes up. So it's just been it's been like amazing and it's, it's just easy and it flows and yeah, I, I, I enjoy it and I'm going to keep doing it. And hopefully I continue to have an audience that actually, you know, cares and wants to hear it as well. But, um, I get so much out of it and, 
I know at least my mom's listening. She always tells me she's listening. <laughs> well, according to listen notes, you have a top 10 podcast, which is really awesome. And for those of you listening that don't know what listen notes is, listen notes is this podcasting indexer. So out of 2.4 million podcasts that are out there right now, Haley's podcast is in the top 10%. So that's really amazing. Wow. So congrats on that. And that's huge after a year. So there's more than just your mom listening. <laughs> you yes. are, oh, good. Yeah. I know that's always saying my dad always comments on my shows and I'm like, I wonder if anyone else listens besides him. <laughs> it's nice to know they are. <laughs> and then I, I tell my daughter. Okay. Yeah, I tell my daughter about it too. My six-year-old, she does not care at all. Sometimes it'll come on in the car because I'm like just trying to hear when I did or, um, and then she just like rolls her eyes and because I joke around about how I'm famous and I have a podcast and she's just like, oh goodness. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, she'll appreciate it later. Like I feel like podcasts are really great legacy things that you can leave there for your kids. And, you know, I, you mentioned a few great ways that I want because our, our audience are people thinking about podcasting or people who are podcasting already. You mentioned some really cool things in what you were saying there. Like one of them I want to pull apart is the, um, the fact that when you are recording your episode, it's like, it is also amazing uh, coaching and uh, learning for yourself. It's like, I think it's like the best personal development you could ever get. He <laughs> being a podcast host is like free university here. Yeah. <laughs> like you get to learn so much about other topics that you're interested in. And also the networking, you know, you're communicating and collaborating with other practitioners and people that are in your space or not in your space in a completely different world than you're in, but it maybe allows and opens the door for more business to happen. Have you seen that happen in your, in your podcasting experience? Yeah, absolutely. Like finding ways to collaborate, um, which I love. And like I said, I love exposing women to these things that they're not even aware of because these wealth and well, like our wellness providers and, and what they do, it's an opportunity to pr promote what they do. And there's oftentimes a listener that needs exactly what they're describing. And so it's a good opportunity for them to hear and learn more about it and, you know, a comfortable way just to understand what it is they do and the value and the benefits. And then if they're like, wow, I need that in my life. Um, than them to reach out to that person. And I've really focused on just having female guests. Like I am very focused on working to support women. And I want that to show in my podcast as well. I want to like promote female run female led businesses. And mm -hmm. I will do anything in my power to create, you know, more of a, like grow their audience as well with this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I love doing as well. And, and then from that, they can also present to the group on a live, um, lunch and learn session or anything like that. But, um, I'm yeah, such a proponent of women out there that are doing their things, especially during something like COVID where it's probably changed the face of a lot of people's business. And so if there's any way we can support each other, um, I think this is like a very great way and means to do so. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I find the podcasting space is such a collaborative space. It's not competitive. It's really collaborative and allows for so many collaborations. You know, you and I might have a show on similar topics, but coming on each other's show is actually a great thing. It expands our audience and it really gives our audience a different perspective. It adds more value. I think it's really great. One of the other things that you said too, Kaylee, was 
um, as such a smart business building um, tool as well is that when you're uh, looking at what your clients are asking you on a continuous basis, like, oh, I'm getting this question over and over and over again, this would be a great podcast episode. And so actually then recording those. And so when you're onboarding new clients or when you're, um, you know, when people are asking you those questions, say, oh, go to episode five, I recorded a great podcast episode on this. It gives them a tool to then if they want to get to know, uh, to know you more before they work with you, now you have all this education that you've provided to them and so much value you've provided to them before they work with you. I think that's such a great strategy um, for, for growing your business. Yeah, it is. Cause it's like the intricacies of what we do and we can't cover it all in, you know, an introduction meeting with a client or a phone call, but yeah, I find myself always saying, you know, I did a really good podcast on that actually. Um, go, you know, go listen to episode, whichever, and, um, that should answer all your questions. But so it's just because there is so much intricacies to my business and my industry and, um, it's hard to cover it all off. And, and so I think there, and there are so many you know, people asking the same things or wanting to know the same things and financial literacy, you know, I think we're, we're all like, everyone's just wanting to know more about that. Cause like you said, we don't, we don't learn enough of it along the way when we're young and throughout our, you know, education, school education, things like that. So I think everyone's really hungry for more knowledge when it comes to financial literacy too. Yeah, absolutely. And just, and I think you're making it fun too, right? Like it's not just dry. It's not dry. It's not boring. You're making it realistic. uh, And like in like also um, the ability to uh, implement it into your life and like integrate it in your life. So it's not just like a whole bunch of dry knowledge about (laughs) how you do X, Y, Z in the financial world. You're reusing real examples, real stories. You're, you're, you're integrating it with wellness and it's like a whole picture. It's a holistic picture um, of your life, which I think that's a really great way that you've done that. And uh, I think you're welcome. And I think the, um, you know, the listeners appreciate that and they know, like, you know, they need to know, like, I think your list, I think your people who are coming to you to work with you, they need to know a little bit of the background or education about how you do some things in the financial world. But like you said, it's hard to cover that in like a first session or, you know, sometimes you get tired of repeating yourself, right? Yeah. It's a really great tool to, uh, to support your, to support your customers without having to be the one to say it over and over and over again. If they play that episode over and over, great. Cause that's just more downloads for you. <laughs> exactly. I know. Well, I do like, I teach an investing 101 course and I was like, you know, um, there's a lot of people that have these same questions. And so it's not like the full course that I did in an episode, but I gave kind of like a little you know, a, a quick kind of tidbit of it. Like, so I actually have though, but it's two parts. Cause I mean, my investing one-on-one course is like a eight hour course, but I did two podcast episodes. So like a part one and a part two of investing one-on-one, but yeah, it's just kind of like a snippet or a little bit. And then if people want to know more then maybe it is that they want to take a, the full course, or maybe it is that they want to go read a book about, you know, whatever concept they want to learn more. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to touch on those topics in a way that's not overwhelming because my industry it's we like to overcomplicate things we like to make things (laughs) super you know much more difficult than it needs to be and I'm hoping that I'm making it just more approachable comfortable for people yeah and interesting for women to like want to learn more about right you know traditionally I don't think our moms or our grandmas really 
had much to do with the finances, but now this is becoming even more important with, you know, especially when people become single parents or, you know, even just in, in, in other, in relationships too, it's more important to know your finances and know your numbers. And so you can help be a partner in planning things and, 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 you know, incurring wealth. So it's something that I wish they learned, I wish they taught a lot more in, in younger in the, our younger years and especially in school, I think it'd be really great to have that. You mentioned you're, you're, you're raising a financially savvy daughter. So can you share with us a few tips of the things that you're teaching your daughter now that's going to be really helpful for her if she gets older? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I talk to her about money all the time. I talk to her about the stock markets too. And I'll say they're up today. They're down today. That stuff I think just goes straight over her head. She's just like, what is this nonsense? Um, But I think there is so many ways we can teach our kids and it's just having them be part of the conversation and, and it can be still age appropriate ways, but my daughter is six. So it's, you know, just simple things like counting money and change. Cause we don't really see physical money as much anymore, but it is kind of the basis still of what's behind it. Like we don't want our kids to think we can endlessly just tap these cards and there's an, you know, there's an endless supply of money behind that. So I feel like that sometimes right? it does, it does. And I, they're probably seeing that and go, Oh, just use your card, just use your credit card or just use your, no, but we want to show them. Yeah. What's behind it and the money and the, you know, and it's so cute when they like count their change and, you know, they, empty their piggy bank and things like that Ivy does. And then she gets her own money to go to the store. And, you know, we talk about what she can afford with it. And, you know, when she has very big ambitions for something, ambitions for something bigger, it's, well, you only have this much money. It costs this much. And so having those conversations, so they start to learn, you know, choices and should I save it longer or should I spend it, blow it all now on these, you know, a bunch of little things or, um, you know, what, what does that look like? And so they get to be that active participants. Cause I always say money mistakes are important and they're in the learning lessons. And so let's really push those in when our kids are young, right? Like, let's do all the money lessons early on. So when you're making, you know, when you spend all your money and run out and, and you're 12 years old, well, it's not a really big deal. I guess you'll just have to wait till your next birthday or whatever. But when you're in your twenties and you're living on your own and you blow your paycheck and you have nothing to pay your rent, that's not (laughs) something. Yeah. So it's just like encouraging those money mistakes and, and exploring it and getting curious and letting them have be empowered. And then as they get older, even more so letting them, you know, participate and, and be part of the conversation. Maybe it's that you're having a birthday party and, and you have a budget for what you're going to spend on their birthday party. So they get to choose, you know, what the food is or the activities are, and they have to stay within their budget. Um, and then as, you know, as soon as they start actually earning, um, an income, like maybe they're starting to have part-time jobs, then it's the conversations of, you know, have talking about saving and and spending and saving for things long-term. Um, and then into the teenage years, it's even conversations about, about investing and stock investing. I did, I did a project in grade seven, um, in my computer class when we were first learning Excel. And it was that we had to pick a bunch of stocks and then, um, put them on the Excel spreadsheet and chart their progress and see how they did. And I loved it. Like I was, I was like hooked when I saw that. Cause again, I loved money and I was like, this is amazing. And I didn't know what a stock was, but I learned and I looked around my house and I looked for the things I was buying at the time. It was like, all the clothes were like guest clothes. And so I invested in guests and I looked at my makeup and it was like L'Oreal. So I found out what the publicly traded company was for them. And, and it was such a neat 
fun experience. It wasn't real money, right? So you get to, it's like a mock kind of investing scenario that you can do with your, with your teenager. So it's, again, we're just giving them these lessons early on in this very safe environment, whatever you're doing with them, it's a nice, safe environment. So then when they're out in the world and they're older, they can start, they, it's not the first time they're seeing those things when they're 25, then it's not the first time they're finding out what a stock is that, that you showed them or that they learned some of that when they were a teenager. Hmm, that's awesome. You yeah. love this. You love this. My daughter's kindergarten class yesterday, they, um, the, over the last three weeks of school, they've learned how to run an ice cream store. So they had all had different jobs that they had to apply for. They had to learn the job and then they had to, um, do the job yesterday. So they actually had an ice cream store. All the parents were invited to, we had to call and make a reservation at the restaurant. We had servers and bussers and they took our order and then they went to the ice cream we made us Sundays. They brought us back and then they had to take our money, get us change and do this thing. It was the cutest. It was the cutest thing ever. This class was just, they were all so proud of themselves. There was so, it was so cute how they all learned this job. And my cousin was, he went to school um, to work in the, in the restaurant industry and they ran a mock restaurant at university. He's like, I did that at university, not kindergarten, but it was so cool for them to see that value of, you know, them, you know, coming up with this, this job and applying for the job and taking ownership of learning it. And then the doing the money to stuff. It was just so cute. I was like, yeah, what a cool idea. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Like, I think we, you know, decide that maybe they're not ready for it. And we think like, oh, this is too complicated or something like that. But I think they're, you know, they're little sponges and they're much more intelligent and, you know, they grasp things so quickly that this is the best time to be teaching them these concepts about money because they are in such learning mode that um, it can be so valuable. And, and I think some of the hesitation too, is just like when people feel a bit insecure about their own financial literacy, Mm -hmm teaching your children can be overwhelming and scary, but, um, yeah, learning together and knowing that you're on that path with them too. Like the investing one-on-one course I host, I love when I see like, like women that bring their teenage children in. So like their 17 year old or 18 year old daughter, it just, it's amazing. And I think it's such a good activity for them to do together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's so cool um, seeing kids learn those kind of things early on. And like you mentioned earlier, like watching my son blow his $20 on something that he used for five minutes and then was mad the next day because he had spent it. I was like, well, that was a good lesson to learn now rather than when that's $200 or $2,000. Yes. <laughs> it was great, great planning. That was good. Let's yeah. get that lesson out of the way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, maybe next time he'll be like, hmm, maybe I'm not going to spend my $20 here. Yeah. Maybe I'll save it a little longer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's so awesome. So Kaylee, any, um, last bit of words of wisdom for people who are out there thinking about starting a podcast, thinking about, uh, jumping on this journey, uh, any, any words of wisdom for them after, after your year of podcasting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's just like really leaning into, you know, what your passion is and what you love, because then you're going to do it because you love doing it. And then the, you know, the audience and the people and the feedback is the icing on the cake, but you get to do what you love and what you're passionate about. So really just like diving deep into that and what you love and, um, and being open to collaborating. If it is a bit scary and intimidating, the thought of starting it, just collaborate, have guests on. Like I have guests on so often and, um, 
again, it's when I'm struggling to find my own topic or I just don't have the time. And it's just so nice to have a guest on. And like you said, it just exposed, it brings, you know, new ideas, exposes us to a bigger audience. So I think that's a good way to ease into it is just have, you know, guests on your podcast and it's going to help you sort of feel a little bit more comfortable. I think about the whole thing. Cause sometimes I think it's just when you're having your own episodes and, and talking away for a while, um, you're just wondering, you're like, this is getting boring. <laughs> Am I forgetting what I'm talking about? Um, so yeah, I would definitely say like guests are, are fun and key to growing it and, um, and just really leaning into what you love and, and having that be what it is about in your message. Um, that's a great thing about podcasts is they, they give us this platform to share and what we love. Yeah. You never run out of, you know, never run out of ideas when you love what you're talking about, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love it. Well, awesome. Kaylee, thank you so much. Amplify you family. You. Please go give Kaylee a review on her amazing podcast. Um, that is uh, wealth, the wealth and wellness podcast. So make sure you go and check it out on all the major platforms out there. Give her a five-star review. And uh, then, you know, if you have any questions, you know, leave us, leave us a comment and review Facebook, wherever you want to find us uh and uh, let us know what your questions are around podcasting we'd love to hear them and kaylee congratulations to your year of podcasting success so far and top 10 percent of all podcasts out there is amazing so you're doing it right and having fun doing it right yes absolutely thank you so much and thank you michelle for having me on you're welcome all right guys amplify you go out there and have a great week you remember your uniqueness is your genius uh so go and put it into good use and make a podcast all right talk to you soon thanks kaylee Thank you. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.